Well, it was February, and they're having some marriage tension. So they go to a counselor, and the counselor says, what's the root of your tensions? And um, the lady speaks up. She said, well, it all started when we thought it'd be a cute idea to name each other's New Year's resolutions. I I wouldn't recommend that. That's probably not a good idea. But what I would recommend this morning is that we love, let Scripture set the tone for who we're going to be this year. So I invite you right now, if you're just going to open your Bible to Acts chapter 6, we're going to be looking at a great character. Maybe you remember this fall, we did a, a series called Chameleon, Fighting the Urge to Fit In. We might even add to that this morning is to, to fight the pressure to fit in. And we looked at Bible characters who were different in a really good way. As we start the year 2023, I know it's our goal that we are going to be different in a really good way, that we could dream this morning about being different at school or different at work or different in our neighborhood or even different in our family or even different in our church. But that can cause us to not be chameleons who just change colors with our surroundings, People that are willing to stand and be counted and be absolutely different. And so this morning we look at this character that the Bible uses a lot of words to tell us what he is full of. You know, when you see that phrase, full of, what do you think? Go on to the next slide if you would. Uh, Full of, normally I think that's pretty negative. If someone said, you know, he is full of, I'm not even going to use the word, right? But when it comes to this, man, he's going to name some really, really positive things that our character Stephen is full of. So as we go into Acts chapter 6, listen closely to those descriptions. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. In those days when the number of disciples were increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained about the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. Now, understand the context. The church is booming. They got all these people, and they've got these widows they need to take care of. And it seems like the Jewish widows are are being taken care of better than the Greek widows. And it's causing tension in the church, so they got to fix that. So the apostles get together. Verse 2, so the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are, here's our word, full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer in the ministry of the Word. The apostles need to stay focused on this most important level. And so we would say here that the first deacons are chosen to take that load off them so they can focus on the Word and prayer. It says in verse 5, this proposal pleased the whole group. And here's the ones they chose. Here's our man. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas from Antioch. He was a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And so they get this, this problem solved, and look at the result. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem 
increased rapidly, and a large number of priests, of priests, became obedient to the faith. And then look at this final description of Stephen. Now, Stephen, a man full of grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Well, write this down. What was Stephen full of? He's full of the Holy Spirit. He's full of wisdom, the Bible says. He's full of faith. He's full of grace. He's full of power. So this man is full of all these things. And here's what I want you to see this morning. Whatever you're full of is going to come out. You know, the, the key to living 2023 the right way is not to come up with these highfalutin resolutions about external things in your life. That might play some role. The key to living 2023 for God is to fill your life with the right things that will automatically come out. And we see this in Stephen. If you keep reading, you watch Stephen. The church is exploding. The Jewish leaders are not happy. So they call Stephen in, and they're upset with him, and they try to argue with him about the law. I'm telling you, not only was Stephen full of all the things we've mentioned, he was full of the Word of God. And they could not stand up to the wisdom and the knowledge of Stephen. So when you don't have your facts on your side, what do you do? You come up with some lies. If you can't run on the facts, you run on lies. Just ask the congressman from New York who was just elected. He said, you know, he sort of exaggerated his, he didn't exaggerate it, he lied about it. And so they decide, we can't beat Stephen in an argument, let's just think of some lies. And here's what they came up with. Stephen is anti-Moses. Stephen is anti-the law. He's anti-even the temple. That's big time. And they're mad at him. And so they approach him. Now, one of the coolest verses in the Bible to me is Acts chapter 6, verse 15. It says, all who are sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw his face was like the face of an angel. He's glowing. Now, understand, this is the Sanhedrin. This is the same group that just a few days earlier had prosecuted and executed Jesus. And now they're upset again. Now, I think what's ironic is they say that Stephen is anti-Moses, and yet who's the guy in Scripture who glows like an angel? It's Moses. And now it's Stephen doing this. And so they bring him before the Sanhedrin, and the high priest says, are these charges true? And he begins to answer. And he basically says his answer with these words, once upon a time. And, and Stephen does something that's really, really cool. He basically takes you through the Cliff Notes version of the Old Testament. I mean, he just takes this advantage of the opportunity just to replay the history of the people of God. In particular, their history of rejecting the Word of God and rejecting the prophets of God. And so, um, the climax goes this way. Look in verse 51 with me, if you would. Now we're in Acts chapter 7. These, you know, anybody have read the book, How to Make Friends and Influence People? That's a great classic. This is not in that book, okay? Listen to exactly what he says to these guys. 
You are stiff-necked people. Your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. Circumcised. You are just like your ancestors. Guys, you are a stubborn bunch, and you're just like your mama, your daddy, and your grandparents. Not a good way to say things. You always, you're not full of the Holy Spirit. You resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet? Your ancestors did not persecute. They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you've betrayed and murdered him. You killed Jesus. You who've received the law that was given through the angels but have not obeyed it. Man, I'm telling you what, it's a scathing rebuke from Stephen. You're talking about a guy that's not a chameleon, a guy that's willing to stand up and be counted in the midst of persecution. It's Stephen. Now, it all comes to these next few verses. And I I want you to, these will be on the screen. These are some of the greatest verses of all the Bible. It's just a crazy cool story. Look what happens. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, here we go again, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. You say, what was so cool about that? My friends, this is the only time in your Bible where you ever see Jesus standing in heaven. When Jesus ascended to heaven, he was seated at the right hand of God. But here he is. He's watching one of his servants, Stephen, be treated just like him. And it's as if Jesus stands up in concern to look at what's going on. Now look at the immaturity of the Sanhedrin. At this, they covered their ears. <laughs> Isn't that mature? Just stick your fingers in your ear. Maybe you won't hear what he said. And yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coat at the feet of a young man named Saul. First time we see him. When they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Now, help me out here, guys. I know you're with it. Who does that sound like? Excuse me, that wasn't a trick question. You guys, it's January 1st. Could we get fired up? Who does that sound like? It sounds like Jesus. Guys, one of the reasons I'm a follower of Jesus, there's one line that I can't get over, is that when Jesus is hanging on a cross with blood coming from his veins and spikes in his hands and feet and spit rolling down his face and people taunting him, that the first words Jesus says is, Father, would you forgive them? They know what not what they do. And here is Stephen with stones pounding his body into the dust. And he has the gumption to say, Lord, don't hold this sin against him. When he said that, he fell asleep. That's a nice way of saying he died. And Saul approved of the killing of him. Now, here's the principle I want you to see this morning. This is so important for this new year. The principle is what, are, what you are full of comes out under stress, okay? Whatever's really in you comes out when you're under stress and pressure. I remember when Stephanie and I were getting married back in those days, there wasn't a lot of premarital counseling. So uh, we decided to go visit a couple we loved still around here, Paul and Elaine Torrance. 
And so we went to them for our 30 minutes of marriage counseling. And uh, basically, the only thing I remember was him saying to Stephanie, you want to really know what Buddy's like? Watch him under pressure. Have you watched him under pressure? And she said, well, some, yes. Now, for some reason, it offended me. He didn't ask me about her, all right? But he asked her about me, okay? Have you seen him under pressure? Because here's what his point is. If you want to know someone's real character, it doesn't appear when everything's going your way. It doesn't appear when everybody's applauding the circumstances. The real character comes out when you're under stress. Now, we don't like to hear that. I don't. Because sometimes I say things to my wife or to other people I really wish I hadn't said when I'm under stress. And I might even make that excuse, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm under so much stress. My stress doesn't compare to Stevens. Come on. Or sometimes I say something really idiotic like this. I don't even know, honey, where that came from. Listen, you know where it came from. It came from your heart. It didn't come out of nowhere. And that's our point today. You want to know what's in you. It comes out when you're pressed. Now, let me illustrate it this way. And I think this will, this will make the point for you. You see, what you're full of comes out. And so if I take this dry sponge, right now, guys, if I squeeze it, nothing comes out because there's nothing in it. Now, here's the point I want you to understand. That's not an option. None of us remain empty. There's something there. The question is, what do you immerse your life in? What do you soak up? So if I put this sponge in this water and I soak up this water, you know, it sort of drips for a while. But I'm going to really see what's in it when something tough and stressful comes on in my life. It will squeeze out what's in it. And so, guys, here's the point for us. As you look back on the last year, how did you handle stress? I'm not trying to guilt trip you. I'm just trying to say right now, let's think about it here on January 1st. How did you handle stress? And what's going to come out? Well, you can't just make the right thing come out. I mean, if I dip that sponge in dirty water and I squeeze it, dirty water's going to come out. If I dip it in clean water, clean water's going to come out. And so here's the choice for us. What are you immersing your life in? What are you filling your life with? Because the truth is, it is going to come out. Now, stick with us. Next Sunday, we're going to talk about how do you fill your life with Jesus. We'll get really practical. But right now, to close this lesson, I want to tell you what happens when your life is full of Jesus. Let me give you four quick points. Number one, sin will be less tempting. Guys, you know, if we'd all be honest here, not a bunch of liars this morning, we are all sinners. We all struggle with sin. I am most vulnerable to sin when I am empty. I'm most vulnerable to sin when I'm not full of God. Because you're going to fill the void, guys. It's not going to stay empty. Let me put it this way. Let's say after church today, you say, buddy, man, that was a really great sermon. Thank you. That was a really great sermon, and we'd like to take you out to eat just to say thank you. And you say, we're taking you, we're going down to Eastbrook to Pizza Perfect. They've got an all-you-can-eat buffet, and so we go down to Pizza Perfect. Anybody ever been to Pizza Perfect? 
Oh, man, good stuff for today. Yeah, you go down there, man, and, you, you know, you get all you want. I'm not fooling with a salad bar. I can promise you that, man. I'm going, and so you just eat and eat and eat. And finally, let's say it's over, and I go, thank you. That was so sweet of you to take me out. This is a hint if you don't get it, all right? Thank you for um, asking me to go out. And then I'm walking on the sidewalk down there, and I get a text from someone else. said, buddy, man, I've been thinking about this. I'd like to take you to lunch. I know you love Dreamland. Could we go eat some ribs? And I do love Dreamland. But after I've stuffed my body with Pizza Perfect, Dreamland does not sound exciting to me. How about you? Well, it might. I mean, it doesn't sound exciting. Why? Because I'm so full, I don't care how good it looks, I'm not falling for it. And guys, that's the way we overcome sin. It's when your life is so full and Satan dangles something in front of you, that language, that attitude, that jump into pornography, that gossip. And if you're empty, guys, you're going for it. But if you're so full of Jesus, you're going to say no. Number two, when you're full of Jesus, your speech will be more bold. It's just going to come out. Now, help me. Do you think anybody, before our story we read, took Stephen to side and said, Stephen, you need to hear this sermon, man. You've got to be more bold with your faith. I mean, you just got to speak out more. You're just being too timid. I mean, you need to be more evangelistic, dude. You're going to hell if you're not more evangelistic. I mean, you need to get with it. Nobody said that to Stephen. Nobody had to say that to Stephen. Stephen was just so full of Jesus is that when it happened, his boldness came out. And many of us struggle with, are we bold enough about God? I'm telling you this, my friend, if you will fall so in love with Jesus, if you will get to know Jesus, no preacher's got to force you to share your faith. It's just going to come out. Because we know this, whatever you fill your mind in comes out. I've had a lot of conversations this morning in the foyer and I'm not being critical here, so don't, don't get defensive on me, about yesterday's football games. Man, there were some great games. And if you're like me, I watched all day long. The first game was especially awesome, you know. But the other games were, were pretty tight. And, man, you know, I, you stayed up late if you watched that, that Georgia game, you know, when they barely won in the last second. And, Guys, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I'm sort of full of it today. Excuse me. I'm, I'm a little full of that. And so you ask me that in the foyer, man, we can have a great conversation about it. You know, how did that guy miss that field goal? And why didn't they call? Why didn't they use, you know, go ahead and use up all the clock? I mean, we'd go on and on because we filled our life with that. My, my friends, the same principle happens with God and Jesus. It's going to come out when you fill your life with him. You'll be bold about it. Because if you fill your life with negative people, you're going to come out negative. You fill your life with gossiping about people. That's, that's what I'm saying, guys. Even as church, we need people that aren't chameleons who are going to be different. And you're not going to become different because Buddy preached that you day. You're going to become different because you fill your life with what can come out. Number three, your lifestyle will be more Christ-like. I mean, that's what we love about Stephen. I mean, it just, just amazes us. I mean, he is able to reflect one of the most beautiful, difficult moments in Jesus' life. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Stephen says something just like it. Lord, don't hold this charge against the people that are pounding my body into the dust. 
So here's the cool thing about hanging out with Jesus and filling your life with Jesus. That's how we become like Jesus. Listen to me. I want to hold you to your confession of faith. At some point in your life, you said, I want to be a Christian. You know what that means? It's not just a trite word. It means I would like to be like Christ. Can I ask you? The people where you work see that? People in your neighborhood, your people in your school? Guys, how do we get there? We get there by coming to know him so well that we just reflect it. Number four, when you fill your life with Jesus, your influence will be more impactful. That's why we're so amazed at this story of Stephen. I mean, this, this is an awful point in his life, but it's a powerful point in the history of the church. Now, quick question. Did, did you notice who was overseeing this execution? Did you notice who's holding the garments? Did you notice who approved of this? I hope you did. It was Saul, and Saul becomes who? Paul. Saul, the greatest opponent of Christianity, becomes the greatest proponent of Christianity. No one has a bigger impact than Paul. And I think it's pretty safe to say this started it. I like what William Barclay says in his commentary about these verses. No matter how hard Saul tried, he could not forget the way Stephen died. The blood of the martyr became the seed of the church. You see, Saul's all excited about killing Christians, and he sees this guy die with forgiveness on his lips, and Saul knows, man, that could only come from God. St. Augustine said this, the church owes Paul to the prayer of Stephen. And my friends, if you want your life to be impactful, which hopefully we all do, then you've got to be so full of Jesus that when you're squeezed, you see, guys, when people notice something amazing about us, listen, my friends, it's not when everything's going your life. Well, because they can be okay when everything's going well, but it's when, man, life squeezes you. That's when they go, oh, my goodness, do you see what he's going through at work? you see what she's going through in her marriage? you see what's, and, and they reacted that way? Jesus must be in there. So our influence will be more impactful. And so that's why, guys, this year we want to fill our life with Jesus. Next week, just stay with me next Sunday. Next Sunday, we'll talk about how you do that. But even this Wednesday, we're going to start. As you probably have heard, this coming Wednesday, we're going to have a prayer meeting here in this room at 630. Guys, I don't know anything more important for this church to do than to pray. Because if we don't pray, we're trying to do it on our own. But when the church prays, great things happen. But we want to make this even more intense so we want Wednesday to be a time of fasting and prayer. So we're calling you to try a very simple fast. Skip breakfast, skip lunch, and then at 5.30 we'll meet over in the Life Center and eat some soup together. That's a good way to break a fast. Don't do what I did the first time I fasted for four days. We all went to Shoney's Breakfast Bar. That's not the way you do it, Okay. Guys, what you do is you break. And so then we're going to gather in here and we're going to pray. Now, what is fasting about? I wish I had more time to talk about it. Fasting is emptying yourself 
so that you can fill your life with God. In other words, instead of me being all worried about these meals and preparation and buying them and going and spending all that time eating, I devote that time to being full of God. And so that's the way we're going to start this year. So let me ask you two questions as we close out here, all right? Question number one, looking back on the year 2022, what are you full of? If someone, well, let's not say someone, let's, let's go back to the passage. If the Holy Spirit was writing a description of what you're full of, would it be words like they described, Stephen? I hope so. I know lots of you would be. This year's not been easy. You have been squeezed, and you've been under stress. And it's okay to say this morning, I don't really like what came out. That's okay. All of us have those moments. But what that should do is say, okay, what can happen in 2023 so that when I hit stress again, because you will, where Jesus comes out? So that's my next question. Looking forward to 2023, what will you fill your life with? What are you going to focus on? Because what, what, what you fill it with is going to come out whether you like it or not. So a lot of us this time of year, we do set resolutions. Sometimes we set resolutions like, you know, I want to exercise more, I want to eat less, I want to save more. No, those are good. Those are nice external resolutions, but normally just trying to change the outside doesn't work. I'm challenging you this morning for an internal resolution. For instead of trying to change the outside, you fill the inside with what matters. And here's the cool promise. When you do that, that's what comes out because I can promise you this year, listen, my friends, you're going to be squeezed. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen this year in your life, but there'll be some good stuff. But there'll be some bad stuff. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble. You're going to have it. And so the key to us beginning this morning and becoming Christ-like is for you and I to make a commitment that we're going to fill our life with Jesus. So maybe here on this first Sunday of this new year, you, you look back on last year, and there's some really moments you're just not proud of. And you need the church to pray, pray for you. Or maybe this morning you're wanting to make a commitment, and you need some folks to hold you accountable. And more than that, you need the prayers of the church that you want to be so full of something that you face something like Stephen. Whew. And Jesus comes out. If we can pray for you this morning, why don't you come right now as we stand and sing.